0: Hi, welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. Thank you for joining me in this weekly visit that we do and for your comments, subscribing, uh, the emails. Oh, I'm having so much fun with the emails and hearing what you've learned, um, what you enjoyed, Um, how sometimes when I crack myself up, it cracks you up and that's a good thing, right? That's what I want to have here. I want to, even though I'm standing here talking to myself, I always picture that you guys are listening and I want to have that exchange of energy because otherwise I may as well just have the conversation with myself, which does happen. Let's be honest. So this week, what I want to talk about Is the difference, if there is one, between intuition and cognition? And not only are they different words, but of course there's a difference. But we can use them to work together. And that's the intention of this podcast, actually, and why I called it Intuition Your First Sense, because I really do believe that we come in with intuition being our first sense from the soul and a knowing that's there. And yet it has to be developed. It has to be worked in conjunction with the other senses and with our brain and with our experiences in order to be really accurate. So we can't leave any one element out. And I love this topic and am grateful to the listener who suggested it. Because this is so much of what I teach and so much of what I believe to be the calm space that people are looking for in and of ourselves by allowing all of us, <laughs> all of who we are to be present in each and every situation. So that includes the intuition, but it also includes our pretty amazing brain, computer, experience, our emotions, all of that. They just have to dance together. So I hope you'll stick around to listen. Hey, thanks for sticking around. So is it your intuition or is it your brain? It's both. Intuition is a function of the brain and the energy field. There is actually an intuitive aspect to your brain. It's on the right, your right side, um, and how to describe it. If you go up at an angle from the inside of your right brain or your right eye rather, uh, you'll bump into the intuitive part of your brain. It becomes much more available and active when we're over 40. There's a physical aspect that happens there where there's this filter and I'm not a scientist. So you can look up the names or consult somebody, uh, if you want, really want to get into this, but there's like this film that's in front of our third eye and it starts to dissolve in our late thirties and becomes even less available in our early forties. And I really believe this is connected to where, you know, we'll say, well, they're old, they're old, they have no edit button. Not that I find that age to be old since I'm past it, but it's true that what starts to happen is as this physiological change happens, you lose your tendency to edit. Um, you also, have more access to your intuitive self. There's less of a barrier literally there. So it becomes more available to you. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that's also a large part why, you know, the majority of the people that I work with, with the exception of some pretty advanced, wow, advanced 20 year olds, I tend to work with those who are in their mid thirties to, you know, on up because that process happens at slightly different time for all of us. And once it starts to happen, we become more interested in our intuitive self. We become more interested in what the energy field is and we start listening to ourselves more. So it is both the intuition. Your intuition would not work without your brain So, but they, we apply them, we can apply them slightly different. And I'm going to go into that. One of the quotes that I have always loved is by Albert Einstein. And he said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And I just love how succinctly he puts that because I don't think it's intentional that we've forgotten. Again, I think there's a process that we go through where fundamental life becomes more important and we kind of step off and put the intuition aside until there's more space to access it. But we are in a society, especially right now, that I don't know if it's listening to its rational mind, but it's definitely listening to the more analytical cognitive side and not connecting so much into that intuitive side. Then I have my theories on this. I think it's part of evolution. And I think sometimes we learn and we sway away from what we really want to know. And then we swing back because that other side isn't working. And I just like to suggest somewhere in the middle where we're accessing our intuitive self and we're meeting with and asking our logistical self and our more centered, mm, you know, thinking self to join in the party. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think they work very well together and I know they do because this is what I do. (laughs) You know, this is how I live. Uh, Oftentimes when people find out just how intuitive I am and that I can read the movie screen and everything. Some of the comments that I get back are they're surprised how grounded I am and that, or when I go in and I consult with a company and I'm asking to see the, you know, the HR records, I'm asking to see the books, I'm asking to see all of the systems. Oh my goodness. I love systems. But I'm asking to see that and to know of them because the sweet spot is in using all of it. And I know my intuition is much stronger because I acknowledge my intelligence and I allow them both to play. I allow everything to be accessible. And it's, uh, you know, it depends on the situation I'm in. Um, Of course, if I'm in a, you know, a meeting with the CEO or, you know, the board of a, a company or something, I'm, no, I'm not going to start reading or even saying that something is coming in intuitively, but you better believe I will have done my research and I'll have something concrete that I can use that if I get an intuitive hit, I can use that then too. So it's knowing that you have all of it available to you. You know, it's ambidextrous <laughs> being able to use both sides, uh, both hands, both sides, you know, it's great in baseball, you know, so it's great in life too. We all have this ability. It does take some commitment and practice and a willingness to allow it to all show up. So some of the different aspects of your system is remembering that we are complex, man. We are so complex. The wiring that we have, yours is not going to be the same as mine. And mine is not going to be the same as a sibling. And you know, theirs is not going to be the same as their children. We all have a very different wiring and that's exciting to me. And one of the things I love so much about working with people is I cannot assume your wiring. I have to meet you where you are and hopefully help you go where you want to go uh, or perceive you want to go because I have to look at what your wiring is today and how it was impacted by your experience. And then we get to build a whole new wiring harness that expands what you already have. So you already have an instinct within you, a natural instinct, and that's your instinct tends to be the inclination towards like a specific behavior. And it really does go back to caveman time. You've probably heard me use the example of, you know, there's not a saber toothed tiger chasing you right now. So you just calm your little buns down. Uh, But that instinct is in there. And if we're going on a walk or you're driving home and you feel an instinct to go a different way, you must listen to that. Yes, it's an element of intuition, but it's more a hardwired instinct that is there for your survival and you would just be wise to listen to it. So there's just so many layers. Intuition is, is complex because it is part of your brain function and it's necessary to have that brain in order for it to function. And it also uses energy fields and your soul's information. So it's a supercomputer. I think. But the intuition is there to bridge between your unconscious mind and your conscious mind. So the part of you that, that just doesn't know something yet, or is on autopilot and isn't present or tapping into things, that's an unconscious mind as well. And then your conscious mind, what have you made available to yourself? What is so a natural part of you that you can't imagine being without it? For me, I can't imagine when I meet someone, although I'm not reading, I can't imagine um, being without my, my knowing, without my gut response to that person. I I rely on that very heavily uh, because I trust it because it's not judging anything about how they're dressed or how they're talking. It's going so much on what is the vibe that they're exuding from their own intuitive sense. So your intuition, um, is it's, it's a process within your brain that it doesn't require extensive analytical reasoning. It's, it's on demand is what I call it. Like when you're working with it and you trust it, you have it on demand. It connects that primal instinct with your ability to reason. So see how it's a bridge. It takes what is primary what is there from the dawning of time and it bridges over to the ability to reason and to factor and to use cognition so it's this amazing connector that when firing accurately and when and when believed and trusted is why people often have you know amazing success or they have a life where, you know, they're not caught up in the past so much. They're really present because they've acknowledged and they're using all of their systems. The gut feeling that you get is often a sensation that is first experienced when intuition is coming alive because that third chakra, the solar plexus, that's our first psychic sense. So when we say trust your gut, it's because the hit is literally happening right there. So learning to feel intuition often is connected to feelings. Now some people will get a drop in and some people will have a just a cognitive knowing and that's fine. More. But 99.999999% of the people of people will have some sort of sensation in their tummy. They may not be paying attention to it. And that's the key to it. We have to be able to uh, assess and to uh, observe and run the the computer of, uh, scanning, if you will, of all of our system at the same time. And while that sounds cumbersome and it sounds like a lot, once you practice it, and once you work with it, it actually becomes so easy that you do less work because you're not up in your head factoring. You're going off of, okay, what is my feedback here? What do I know? Um, what could I ask? Uh, how it, how do I respond? These aren't cognitive thoughts. They're, well, they're intuition. You act intuitively and that the ability to be in that space, it allows other people to want to be with you a lot of the time because you feel at ease with who you are. It takes some work. I'm not going to say that this is easy cheesy and that you just wake up one day and all systems are connected. Uh, You know, that's part of the reason that I'm offering this podcast is so that you can work on these things. If we're not working directly together, that you still have some kind of resource. And there's so many out there. I know I'm not the only one, but I want everybody to be able to harness these skills if they want. So the gut feeling that you get, it's important to listen to that. And then you train yourself to bring that knowing, that gut instinct, that feeling up into your cognitive brain. You bring it up so you can learn to ask the pertinent questions. You know, is this the best job for me? Uh, Does that person have good intentions. Um, should I go left or should I go right? Um, <laughs> it's, there's so many places that it's applicable in life that it can save you, um, questioning and doubting yourself. There are obviously places where cognition, where you're analytical, where you're left, left for you right brain. See, I think we use the whole brain. So sometimes I get really confused about which one's which, uh, I don't divide it down the middle. Um, and if you do a lot of meditation, you can actually bridge that middle, um, aspect of your brain anyway. So I do know that we don't use all of our brain. So this is what's exciting to me. Is to be opening new boxes and to see well if we use them both and we allow the intuition to be the bridge oof, isn't that amazing so it often comes in in a whisper it's not a great big cosmic two by four unless you haven't been listening if you've had a hit over and over again, that this friend is not really a friend, but you're ignoring it because the conversation would be awkward. Um, or you know, they need you or fill out whatever codependent statement you want to put in there. Uh, it, it will be a, a whisper. It'll be subtle until <laughs> that point where it often becomes a concussion. So This is another good reason to start listening to it and tapping into it because it will save you also there, save you a lot of time, um, and a headache. So cognition or the thinking process is just that it's a process. It pulls in data, it pulls in concrete information and it's based off of learned behaviors. And this is fantastic because we need that for intuition to have a track record, for it to, uh, be successful. They need to work together. It can't all be intuitive. We can't all be flying around ungrounded, um, in, in the, you know, woo-woo land of, everything is, you know, rainbows rainbows and unicorn farts and um, aspects of it was meant to be and all of that. We can't do that because we'll fry our motherboard. And what that means is that the brain itself, when it's not being used in in the way it was developed and that was meant to be used for Um, thinking, for factoring, for emotional processing, for singing, for dancing, all of that stuff. If we're only up in the energy place, it will be too much uh, frequency flying through our physical brain and then you know, that's often where you get the people who they've just met you and they're like, I love you. And it's like, you just met me. I bet you don't. Um, but they're convinced they do, or they're like, everything is wonderful. Everything is perfect. And yes, I went through that trauma, but I needed to go through that trauma. Bullshit. Okay. Just bullshit. It's, oh, now I'm going to have to edit the podcast uh, and put a little tag on it that says I've sworn. Oh, well, That's who I am. (laughs) It's one of my favorite words (laughs) and that comes from my brain. So it's awesome. So in honing your intuition, it's really important to develop your intellect and your comprehensive decision-making. They have to work together because sometimes you'll get an intuitive hit and you won't know what the heck it means. And if you don't have, some level of intuitive or, sorry, some level of in, uh, intelligence or comparison to work with, it, all you have is a bunch of random messages popping in. And I feel like this is one of the reasons that I've had such success with people who are engineers and doctors and architects and more of the um, accountants and, and, and more of the people who are, uh, are drawn to those type of, uh, professions is because I straddle the place of, oh no, I can absolutely see what's going on in your field and, and what's happening in the trauma that's still holding on. And here's a practical plan in which we can move forward. And I mean, that's my wiring. So I don't wouldn't want to change me anyway in that regard. But when there is a handshake happening um, and you're allowing your intuition to speak and you're allowing for that training to be there and your interest to be there. And you are acknowledging that, you know what? I'm pretty good at figuring things out that will only increase your intuitive abilities because your own, uh, self will know that it can just keep sending them cause you'll factor. It. It's like a puzzle. So the key to listening to your thoughts, the key is actually to listening to your thoughts and feelings and allow that to help you make important decisions. So Having said that, we need the brain's analytical process and a separation of emotion when making decisions sometimes. Intuition, because it often comes with feelings, can get all enmeshed in emotion and you'll miss some of the very practical aspects that need to be looked at. I mean, if you're choosing an outfit for a date or an interview, well, go with your intuition because it remembers an experience where maybe you wore that shirt and your previous boss gave you an awesome compliment, um, it will remember that even if your conscious mind, your cognitive mind does not. So that is a great place to go with intuition. Um, but deciding the next step in your business or a big purchase or a um, uh, a next step in relationship even, there, the cognitive part has to be heard. It has to be brought to the table. And a lot of the times people uh, who, who I'm working with will have opportunities land in their lap. And I know it's because they're doing the work, right? It's not just being sent in random. They're doing the work and something will happen and then we'll be able to have a dialogue about it because yes, I will look at it intuitively and see if it's in the best interest. But first we're going to look at, does it line up with your business, with your life? Does it make sense? Because all of this has to be considered. And many people who make decisions intuitively um, and stick to that, miss the elements where it could smack them right in the head because they just, maybe they didn't want to look at it. And then they blame the energy. And that's not fair to the energy. The energy didn't do anything except follow where the uh, flow was and the flow, if they had looked at it from a cognitive perspective, or analytical or just the thoughtful place probably would have said, are you nuts? Really? No, seriously. Are you nuts? Um, because this is too big of a jump right now. Maybe we need to make a smaller movement. Um, it's important to have both and, or they're too caught up in what this will look like or what they will look like when they accomplish it. And then my argument there is, well, then that wasn't intuition. That was ego. So this is why it's important to be able to discern, where am I? What is my intuition? What is my conscious thinking, um, yes, ego, because we know it's adorable when it's being supported, mind, you know, there's a, that's why I call, sometimes I'll say the committee members and it's all of these aspects within myself that's within everyone. And I'll say, well, I have to consult the committee. And I will run it intuitively. I will run it with some numbers. I will ponder. Um, very rarely do I give an immediate response to, an oper- to something that's being presented um, unless I have such a kick in the butt from my own uh, intuition and guides that I feel like I am going to jump on it then. And that's because there's a track record you know, I've been doing this long enough to really know when something is in my best interest and when it's not. Still learning, still have some curves there. And I'm okay with that. I think that's part of the fun of being here. And your intuition, because it's not so loud, it can be at times, but most of the time it's subtle, will more than likely be drowned out by your rational or irrational thoughts um but that's where mindfulness comes in so if you have um a, a looping thought in your head and so your intuition says to reach out to someone um to make an introduction or to follow up on um a request to work. I'm getting a lot of requests through LinkedIn and to, for, to collaborate with people. And I love that because I want to meet people. I want to, um, help others that are in professional gigs, whatever that is. And, you know, I like the, the idea of collaboration. And yet there are some that when it comes in, I have to step back and and factor it. And I have to research their social profile. I have to read their emails. um, And I feel like I have to not get carried away with their energy may be fine, may be great to work with, but their message is not in alignment with what I believe to be kind, or, uh, necessary. I mean, so many people are using, you know, the adjective that starts with F. Um, so many are using that in their marketing lately. And I'm like, no, no, I, I'm certainly familiar with the word and I certainly use it. Uh, but it doesn't need to be there in marketing. And that would be an example of, Ooh, I like this person's energy. Oh no. My head says, I do not want to align with that because I just think it's disrespectful. So that's a way to do both. Now, my rational mind or my irrational will say, don't give up an opportunity. Are you insane? Look at the people that are following them. But you know what? People who follow, it's not about the numbers for me. It's about the quality of people. So that my irrational head that will go to the place of, if you miss an opportunity, it's all over. I know that's not true, but that's why they're called irrational thoughts. We'll want to talk and I give it space. I hear it out and then I'll shut it down, um, and say, nope, that's okay. Thank you for your input, but we're going to go with what I intuitively feel about this and that's, it's not a great collaboration. So that's an example of, you know, sometimes your brain will try to come in and literally talk you out of um, anything really, if you allow it to. I can't be in this relationship because I'm not ready, or, you know, he's not ready, or she's not ready, and, or I have to leave this job because they don't love me. Well, people don't You don't have to be loved at your job. You have to be good at it and respected, but if you're looking for love at your job, you might want to work somewhere else. Um, So well, actually you might want to look at what is irrational about that. So our intuitive self primarily works within that limbic system where language is not processed. Uh, the rational mind works in the uh, the part of the brain where it is dealing with language. So this is another reason you can talk yourself out of something. Uh, intuitive, intuition will often be felt for this reason because they're not language, they don't have a language until you bring it up into the, the processor in your skull. <laughs> and allow yourself to dialogue with it. So I have found by interviewing myself, I can discern the difference pretty readily. Uh, my intuition is stubborn. If the feelings don't move, even if I try to talk them out of it, which is exactly what happened with this situation with the person who just used the language I don't like to see in marketing. Um, my intuition just stood strong. My knowing did not budge and I could feel it and I kept coming back to it. Each time my, my ego part, my irrational part of my brain wanted to say you could be missing out on something. My intuition kept saying, really, you're going to step out of alignment with yourself in order to risk this? No, we're not. We're standing here stubborn. And I so appreciate that because I haven't worked on it this long to ignore it. So by interviewing myself, I can figure out which one is which by asking the question, are you in fear? What are you afraid of? That pretty much tells you that you're in your cognitive head. You are in your, you know, Human element, not your soul continuation. You are in the very um, literal gray matter. Um, and it's okay. Again, both need to be heard, and there are definite places for both. Uh, but being able to discern which one it is will also help you when. like I said before, a lot of people will say it's intuitive because they want that to be the answer. If you listen to a previous podcast, I am not sure which one it is, but I talked about doing the human pendulum and that's where you stand with your, your feet planted, but your knees kind of loosey goosey. And I find if you close your eyes, it helps to, uh, feel it a little more, feel the energy. And then I will ask in the name of the light, show me your yes. Then you say, thank you. In the name of the light, show me your no. Thank you again. And typically you'll move in a different direction or sometimes a no is literally no movement. So this is one way to discern, um, because sometimes people want the answer to be yes, you know, buy that car or go on that trip um, or disregard the messages of safe connection because you just want something. And that I find that they'll fool themselves into thinking it's intuitive. So rather than, just, I wanted it. So I didn't want to listen to my rational mind. And so the human pendulum is a way, and again, you have to practice. None of this stuff is just pull it out and it's there. Okay. There's a benefit to actually putting effort into something and then it feels really good when it pays off. Right. So the human pendulum is a way that you can practice. Uh, You can use it in discerning, um, what form should I take in my protein today? Is the powder fine or do I need to have a piece of fish? So, or me, if you eat meat, I don't eat meat. So, um, it's a good way to learn, to connect to self and to strengthen that knowing of what is my intuitive sense. Um, so y- you have to ha- figure out how your system communicates with you. We are all pretty much built with the same format. We have a computer, we have a hard drive that is collecting all the information, that reticular activating system. We have a limbic system. We have, uh, you know, all the, um, within that, the hypothalamus and the amygdala and all of that, that's related to emotion and to response and all of that. So we have it and then your intuition runs parallel to it. But you have to figure out how your system communicates with you. This is one of the reasons that I don't teach hard and fast. This is how you do a reading because we all do it differently. I can teach you how to use the cards and I can teach you how to connect with you, um, and how to tap into the realms, but you have to do it for yourself. You, no one else can really teach you or tell you, they can teach, tell you how you read. You have to figure that out. So you have to figure out how your system communicates with you. Does your intuition drop in and that's the claircognizant. Do you feel? And that's the clairsentient. Do you, um, do you, f- do you, um, see that would be the clairvoyant. So you have to figure out first and then you'll be able to identify when it's intuition because intuition doesn't come with proof. It's only after cognitive reasoning that brings the, the data in to back up intuition that you have the proof. So the reason that makes me chuckle is because it's, it's your whole system again, just reinforcing that we need them all in order to use them. Well, I think the intuition helps the, the cognitive too, because so many inventions, so many discoveries in science are because someone had a feeling, but then they could follow it up with their training, their cognitive reasoning, their experience of putting one plus one equal two together. Uh, because intuition isn't, logical. Well, often it's not logical. It can still be trusted. And that when you hone your communication with yourself, they both work that much more effectively. So you're combining your rational brain, um, in with this, and it's physically in your brain, but it's a non-physical wiring. And then that's a great partnership. So for a while I was donating my time to police forces and, and organizations such as that, um, and they had to have evidence. They could not go on an intuitive hit and take that to court. It's not admissible. However, my ability to see the scene when I'd never been there or to tap into the energy of the people being interviewed uh, allowed them to then do their work and, and get the evidence. I was very clear that I would not work with any situation that would be tripping someone up. Um, I did not want to set someone up. I wanted to work with solving and holding the people who actually did something wrong accountable. But this is a good example, I think, in intuition and you know, cognition, because the cognitive part of us is going to want evidence, it's going to want a feedback loop, it's going to want there to be something to collect. And intuition doesn't care about that. It's, it's going to go on um, what is uh, a sense, you know, what is coming in as a feeling, So the the difference is there's not a lot of difference. The difference is how they function. The ability to use both of them will enhance your life. And the ability to discern which one you are in will help you make decisions and it will help you to make this human process just a little bit less cumbersome. So it comes in really handy with making decisions. I once bought a car without actually sitting in it <laughs> and the the salesperson was really confused about that. Uh, but I said to them, I don't need to, I know this is the car. I knew it was when I saw it. Um, and that thing was one of my most favorite vehicles. And while I did, Look up the value and made sure I didn't overpay. I knew I was buying that car. Um, I didn't need to ask my cognitive self any more than I already had by asking it to dial the phone (laughs) to the dealership. So it's learning how your own personal computer works that will help you to decide which one or both that you're leaning on in any given moment. So um, I hope this clarifies some questions about am I in, which one am I using? Um, How do I use them? You just have to keep practicing and know how your brain works. If you are scientific in your thinking, use that, please use that. And then ask yourself, how do I feel about this? What do I know about this? And allow your intuition to be there and vice versa. If you get a feeling and you don't have anything to back it up with, you go find that intelligence and the reporter and the investigator and you get the information that way. Let them play together. They're all meant to work together. And if you allow that to happen, um, it's so much stinking fun. So have fun. If you need help with it, you can find me at vickybear.com, and I will see you next week.